Just our real estate episode number 329. Don't try so hard to sell them that you forget that they need to really sell themselves. Yeah. And, and I know someone locally here that literally what they will do is just ask a question. They won't say another word other than the question. And then deeper digging into the questions, they don't tell them, they don't smile, they just stare at them and ask questions all day. But it makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it does probably get the true nature of what they're doing because all they're doing is listening. They're not giving any indicators or cues, which good salespeople should be able to pick up on and almost, you know, uh, <laughs> exploit. Guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Start Real Estate. I am so excited to have you here today. I'm excited to be with you. And uh, man, I just can't tell you how appreciative I am that you have chosen to spend time with me. There's a lot of ways that you can be productive and a lot of things you can do with your time. And the fact that you're choosing to spend part of your day with me means a lot to me. And I definitely do not take it for granted. I am really excited also to bring this episode to you today. It's a good one. I really think you're going to love it. And the name of the game here is to deliver really great information, stuff that you can take action on, stuff that you can apply to your business and really utilize to get you to where you want to be in your real estate business. And I think we've accomplished that today. Before we get started, though, I want to talk about a company that I am super excited about. This is like the greatest find of the 21st century in my business. Uh, these guys have been respon directly responsible for a real spike in, in my sales and my bottom line. The company I'm talking about it is uh, AdWords Nerds, and these guys are awesome. Dan Barrett runs the company, and just a super cool guy. I mean, I, I think we're almost like, I, I think we're friends. I hope we're friends. We're getting to be friends. He is helping me just explode my business. These guys are the only fully certified Google partners that work expressly and exclusively with real estate investors like you and me. Um, the, it's just, they're, they're amazing. They're a proprietary in-house AdWords system and they work just with real estate guys, you know, like, like we are. And I can tell you from my business, I, uh, I'm working with Dan and, and I basically have hired him to help me find motivated sellers in my market, right? When people type in, sell my house fast or whatever, uh, it's Dan's job to make sure that my website comes up on top. And let me tell you, they do. Month one, we we it was directly responsible for tens of thousands of dollars worth of business in my company. Month one, they're an A plus rated Better Business Bureau company, and it's just they're a hundred percent transparent, super client focused. I mean, Dan is like the best guy ever, and I'm telling you, the results are nothing short of amazing. They don't lock you into a long term contract, it's month to month, so you're free to leave at any time and exclusively. For you guys, my listeners, they will give you an hour of coaching time, which is normally $297. That's what they charge for an hour of consultation. They are going to give you that for free. You cannot, you, you can't not do that. Go check them out, guys. It's adwordsnerds.com forward slash Mike, or you can go to juststartrealestate.com. On the right-hand side, click on the AdWords Nerds banner. It'll take you to their site. You'll get that exclusive hour of, of coaching time and consultation absolutely free. 
I know once you talk to these guys, you are going to decide just like I did. You have to have this in your business, guys. People are searching the internet, looking for you more and more every single day. And if you're not there for them, they're going to go to the guy who is hiring Dan to run their AdWords campaign. You don't want to lose out on that business. You certainly don't want to miss out on the opportunity to explode your business like I have. Go check them out, adwordsnerds.com forward slash Mike, or go to Just Our Real Estate, click on the AdWords Nerds banner. They'll take you right there. You are going to thank me. Okay, let's get into the show. All right, guys, thank you for joining me today on Just Our Real Estate. I am excited to have my partner back. As you know, we're going to do these series of discussions. I'm not going to call them interviews. I'm not interviewing my partner. There's nothing to interview. I know everything about him, probably more than his wife. Um, but but we could do these series of, of discussions where we're kind of talking about what's happening in our business, what's current, and trying to give you some good, actionable information, things that we're finding that are working in our business right now, and things that aren't working, frankly, so you can maybe avoid those those pitfalls so you don't have to make the same mistakes that we we make from time to time. We try to avoid them, but sometimes we make mistakes and we want to kind of help you navigate through you know, the different things about your business. Everyone knows about, hey, go find a house and 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 find a buyer and then wholesale or, or flip it or whatever you're going to do. But there's a lot more to this business than just, just finding deals and selling deals, right? That's the essence of it. You have to be able to do that. But if you're going to build a big, um, well, not even big, but a sustainable, predictable business model that you don't have to be in there day to day, there's other things that'll come up that people don't talk a lot about. And we're going to talk about one of those things today, um, which is the hiring process, right? When you're hiring people, that's a question that we get all the time. How do I hire them? How much do I pay them? How do I pay them? How do I know I have the right person? What kind of things can I use to vet somebody? So we'll talk about some of those tools and the process that we use to hire people because it is current in our business. We're currently going through a, a, a mini hiring blitz, I would say, and and bringing some people on. So it's kind of fresh in our mind, and I thought that we could uh, we could address that with you guys today. So how's it going, Mike? I know we haven't talked yet this morning too much. Uh, it's going great. I mean, kind of like you said, right? If you want to build a sustainable business, something that can work without your inner interaction all the time. You do have to bring some people on. You have to build some automations. You've got to put together those systems and processes. But investors understand leverage, but they seem to only understand leverage of money. But what we're trying to do here and what we are doing and what you can do as well is leverage people. You know, If you can find somebody that can do as good or close to as good as you and bring them on in a way that incentivizes them to perform in a good fashion, you get the benefit of all of their time plus your time. And if you're building a business that's growing or it's profitable, you, you you should be fine being able to share a little piece of that pie with somebody else so you can work on bigger picture items or more personal items or whatever it is you want. You get that freedom to choose once you do start leveraging people rather than just yourself. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, people get real nervous about losing money. They get real nervous. What if I lose somebody's money? What if I hire or what if I raise money or I have an investor and then I lose their money? And that is bad, right? That's a it's a really scary thought, but no one ever seems to talk about losing time or the value of time because money, if you lose money, you can go out and kill it in the next two deals and, and make that money back, right? That happens in real estate. But if you lose a year of your time because you didn't hire right or you didn't hire at all and you're running around, you'll never get that year back. So you're absolutely right. Leveraging money is actually pretty easy, uh, but that's all we talk about is the money leveraging. But you're right. The time is really, you know... People don't put a huge emphasis on it because if time goes by, they don't feel like they maybe lost anything tangible, but you can't get it back, right? Money, you can definitely get back. Well, the problem is, you know, you, you go to a lot of these podcasts and these seminars and the real estate, you know, whatever. It, 
all they're doing is trying to sell you that silver bullet trick, right? That one trick that's going to make you a millionaire. I'll tell you what, there's no one trick that's going to make anybody super rich that I've found yet. And, and we've got some pretty good connections, a lot of successful investors. The real big trick is building a system, building a team and building a repeatable process that can scale. That's truly how you get rich in this. So yeah, you can have successful individual projects, but if you want to be like Mike said, predictable, about creating a business that runs itself or runs with very little interaction or as much interaction as you want. That's really what you got to start looking at is, is more of the business side of the equation, not necessarily how do I comp a property? Yeah, totally. You're absolutely right. And, and people, you're right. People get, get so, you know, consumed with the actual like silver bullet. How do I, how do I make a million dollars? What technique can I use to make a million dollars? And what I've found, and I, I think we found actually is, it's not one thing. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of different things that you do to generate leads and to get your business off the ground. But then ultimately, the silver bullet isn't a technique that you use to make money. The silver bullet is really the process that you have or the process and the bills and the business that you build that creates that income or creates that revenue outside of your individual efforts, right? So, a lot of people in real estate are one man man. They run around, they're doing everything. They're wearing all the hats and they're busy and they're making a little bit of money and they think, wow, how can I ever get to that next level? Uh, the, the secret is the next level is is hiring and building out systems and processes. That's how you get to the next level. A person, a human being, I don't care how much free time you have, only has a certain amount. You can't really scale this business effectively without leveraging other people's time and and, and uh, um and energy and, and experience in some cases. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I think we discussed a little bit on a, on, on a podcast a few weeks ago about some of the people that we lost and some of the things that happened in terms of um, people that we had to let go, people that that let themselves go uh, because they, you know, they they realized the performance wasn't there. So that that's fine. We've lost some people and we've had to let some people go. But let's talk a little bit about that process. And I know you've been heavily involved in building out the systems and the processes for us. Let's talk a little bit about how we're doing that, how we're identifying people, how we're vetting them, and then ultimately bringing them on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, I did just spend you know, a few hours over the weekend, quiet time, building out an exact workflow for this. So this is very well timed. But essentially, first, you have to identify what you need to hire for. Where is that bottleneck in your business where you can spend less time and someone could take that over for you? So you've got to identify that. And, you know, in our in our business, as we grew, the first part was the closing coordination. It was a position that took up time. Mike and I necessarily weren't good at it, didn't like doing it. So we brought someone on for that. So identify where your least valuable time is or the thing you hate doing the most is and try to identify a way that you can bring a person on or a system to basically get rid of that. Yeah, the closing coordinator, just for anyone. So, you know, the person who deals with title, make sure all the title issues are resolved and gets everything paperwork wise through the title process. So we get to closing. That's what we call closing coordination. Yeah, exactly. So once you identify that position, you've got to essentially create an advertisement for that. You got you to let the world know that you're looking for someone to come on your team. And as a part of that advertisement, you must have, in my opinion, a clearly stated job description for what you want that person to do. Because if you don't know what you want them to do, it's going to be hard to convey that. It's going to be hard to hold that person accountable. And it's going to be hard to really see if they're doing a successful job for your business or not. So once you've decided to create that position, create a job description highlighting, you know, three to seven key points that they're going to be working on and maybe some of the character traits of that person that you want to have on your team and, and put that on the job boards. You know, there's several of them out there. Um, we don't get paid for any of them. You know, we don't have any of these, these cool subscription stuff that you see on other podcasts, but um, 
I don't know if we want me to tell the ones that we're using or not. Yeah, Basically, I don't care. Why not? Let's talk about the tools. Okay, so we've used ZipRecruiter in the past and had some success with that. However, probably recently we've moved over to Indeed from a lot of different referrals from people. We do sponsor the ads. It is a paid expense for us. However, there are free resources to bring people on your team. Um, you know, you can create a job description on the Google Docs page and then publish it to the the internet and just share that on your social media, share it with your friends and family, share it on Craigslist, things like that that might not cost as much or are lower cost items, but make people aware that you are looking to hire and ask for referrals, ask for their warm network to reach out to you because you want to be able to have a chance to look at as many people that qualify as possible. So after that, you, you start to now receive all of these resumes, these people reaching out to you. Hey, I want to work with you. I want to do that. Uh, and, and speaking of which, if anyone's out there and you're a highly qualified, talented <laughs> exactly. individual, we're always interested in exactly. talking with, with motivated people. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> we're, we're, we'll always take the best person on the board that's available. So if you, if you are highly skilled and want to work with us, let us know. But um, yeah, we're not really hiring necessarily, but we're always looking for good people. Yeah. And we're always expanding. But so you post the job boards, you find the people that want to come onto your team, and now you've got to narrow that down. And a lot of this information I got from my wife, who actually has a lot of experience in HR and hiring, but you'll probably get a ton of resumes depending on how long you leave the advertisement up and whatnot. But you want to narrow those resumes probably down somewhere to eight to 15 people total. And you're taking those people that are qualified, um, you know, use some of these determining factors is kind of what I wrote down is, you know, do they meet the minimum qualification for this job? Does their experience align with our accountability chart? Does their experience align with the job description? Can they have a positive impact on our business? Can they take ownership of that role? And do they do, or they appear to have growth potential? So we want to identify those people based on their resumes and what they send us, the best likelihood of those people to, to um, get on the phone with somebody. Because once again, it goes back to time being a finite resource. You don't want to interview every single person just because you feel bad or you want to talk to them or you might find a diamond in the rough because you might, but you also spend a lot of time doing waste of time activities. After that portion of it, jump into the phone interview. You, you've identified those people. And the way Mike and I do it, we send a interview link to the people that we've accepted and they have to schedule their own phone interview. And the primary reason we do this is we want someone to jump through a hoop, right? We want them to do some things to show that they actually want this job. They're not just blazing through every job posting out there, hitting submit application. We want someone that's actually going to read the interviews, read the things and go on. Yeah. You'd be surprised. You think when people respond to your postings that they're really excited to work with you. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people just have a, a, a super mindless process where they just blast out resumes and they're not even really paying attention. I know they're not paying attention because sometimes or a lot of times you get resumes that don't really match what you're looking for. I mean, you know, a sales position where they have no sales experience. So uh, people are just blasting out resumes. So like Mike said, if you if you send them back a link or you send them a link to schedule their own phone interview, you know whether or not they're paying attention or reading what's, you know, they're not just hitting submit, 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 submit over and over. They actually have to, to take the effort to, to uh, schedule their own interview. So, you know, they're actually, they're, they're consciously um, taking steps toward the position. The other thing on top of that too is you are can schedule it however you want within your calendar. So you can block off two hours, you know, twice a week, just do phone interviews. And that way you're not getting spread all over the board, having to take random calls here and there. You can get into interview mode and interview everybody in a row. Yeah. And so you're probably asking, I can hear it is, so how are you, what link are you guys sending them? What is this? Is it a service? What, what are we doing? So, uh, I mean, you can talk about that, Mike. I know you do it, but we, we use a service and I think we're, um, we're happy with it. We, we kind of just upgraded it, but there's a, a service called Calendly. Um, that, that allows you, it'll look at your, it'll look at your schedule, your, um, 
your calendar and you like Mike said, you can block off times and it's it's free for the for the basic one. And and it works really, really well. And it gives them a link and you can customize, you know, what times of the day you want um, to give them availability and how many hours and how many hours ahead of time that they've scheduled. So it does all those scheduling things. And there's other um, there's other services out there that do the same thing. But this one works really, really well. It's free. And that's what we use for them to schedule their phone interviews. Yeah. So that's kind of the primary function of that. Once the people do schedule their phone interviews, then we've blocked off time to actually talk with them. And we use a standardized interview questionnaire, basically. And the real objective is to get everyone talking about similar things that are related to the job and then making sure that we take those answers and dig into them deeper, try to understand them as a person a little bit, try and identify the people that are good at putting on a show versus those people that truly do have the skill set we want and need to do these positions that we're looking for. Yeah. And if it's a, if you're hiring a phone person, what better way to kind of vet out whether or not you think they might work out than to talk to them on the phone. And if you're hiring a salesperson, which a lot of you know jobs and a lot of positions in our industry that we're going to hire for are sales related or sales type positions. So again, they're, they're going to need good phone skills, right? So if they get on the phone and they're just really bad on the phone and you're hiring them for sales, then, then, you know, that's a kind of a red flag and you maybe don't want to even schedule the next round of interviews. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing. You want to condense these into 15 to 20 minutes. Don't exceed that time. It'll, it forces you to not only maybe be more laser focused on the questions you're answering, asking, but also maybe keep the people from rambling on, on irrelevant information because, you know, you don't want a filibuster that just goes on the whole time and doesn't actually answer any of your questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they will too, right? And and unfor- you almost have to discipline yourself too, because I don't know about you, Mike, we don't talk necessarily about this specific part a lot, but I know that I can be a talker. So it, I have to keep myself disciplined to not talk too much. I want to give them a little bit more. I want to flesh out the job just a bit more. But you want to use that time. You want to hear them talk a lot. So you because you're using that phone interview to make a determination on who gets to go to the next round of do face face, which we're going to talk about. But if you're talking the whole time, how do you possibly sift and sort who you want to move on and go to the next round of interviews with? So you have to definitely let them talk, give them, you know, give them enough enough uh, rope to sort of hang themselves or to shine and let them do the talking. Exactly. And the goal of the phone interview is to narrow that down to in-person interviews, people that you can see yourself hiring, but you just need to do a longer, more in-depth interview for. So we try to identify three to five candidates out of those phone interviews. You know, the less, the better, to be completely honest. We don't want to interview someone just for the sake of interviewing them. But if they truly seem like they could be a good fit, try to identify those top three to five and nothing more. Otherwise, you just spend a whole lot of time interviewing maybe not as qualified candidates as you should. Yeah, definitely. So you can see here, we're kind of, there's a progression, right? It's almost like a funnel. We throw a bunch of people in, we sift out and just look at the resumes themselves. We don't, by the way, we don't phone interview everyone who sends a resume. I, I think, I don't know if we made that clear, but so you get, you know, 50 resumes you may only have 10 phone interviews. And of those 10 phone interviews, like Mike said, you want to whittle that down to three to five in-person interviews. So we're kind of narrowing that funnel as we go. And once you've decided who those people are, we send them a link to a disc analysis because we want to understand their personality traits, see if they're going to fit our profile or if they're just naturally not going to or naturally going to 
fit into what this role is because we started to understand and identify character traits of people that not only work well in that position, but also work well with us. So just because a, a certain person might work well somewhere else or some other industry or some other type of sales position doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to jive with Mike and I, because we're pretty type A, pretty, you know, gas pedals all the way down all the time type people. And that just might not fit with their personality trait, which isn't right or wrong. But we like to see that and have a chance to understand who they are and, and just dig into those questions on the next interview. So we basically send them a link to that and tell them when you reply with this information and you send it back to us, we'll send you a link for an in-person interview. So we tell them all they have to do is finish that step send it to us, and then they can get a next in-person interview. Yeah. So let's real quick, I want to circle back to the DISC um, analysis. So uh, it's a personality test, uh, like Mike was saying. It's, it's it's just to understand how they work. And if you want to know where we go to get that, it's a Tony Robbins um, link. It's If you go to uh, www.tonyrobbins.com forward slash U-E, that's where it is. And, um, and you can take it's free, you can have you can send people there to take it, they can download the results. And then they should send that to you so that you can uh, take a look at it. So um, TonyRobbins.com forward slash U E. And that'll take you to the free uh, analysis if you're wondering. Yeah. And, and, you know, take some time to actually read through it a few times, read the explanations. And when we first started doing this, Mike and I think just kind of surface level looked at it. But now I, as we've found people that either didn't fit or just didn't work out for one reason or another, I go back and I've reviewed some of these disc analysis and realized that the warning signs were there. I just didn't know how to look for them. So, you know, you'll start to become more aware. And as you grow and as you bring more people on and they either work or they don't, you'll start to see the uh, type of traits and personalities that work well with you and what you're trying to build. Once they send that back, then we schedule the in-person interview. Same thing. We use the Calendly link. And I think there's another one called Schedule Once uh, if you're looking for an alternative. Yeah, Schedule yeah, so schedule Once, exactly. I, I, I use that for the podcast in the past. So that, that works really, really well. It's paid. It's not free. Uh, a little bit more robust. But honestly, Calendly has everything you need. Calendly, I think it's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y. Com. Yeah. So then, you know, once they send us the disc back, we send them a link to Calendly so they can schedule that in-person interview. And once again, we block off time. So if it's three to five people, if it's five, I'd probably break it off into two days because that's a lot of interviews in a row. But I found I can usually do two or three okay pretty well on the same day without getting totally burnt out because these are pretty intense things. You're, you're, you're going through a more detailed standardized questionnaire form for these people. You're going to dig into their disk analysis results, you know, asking them to justify the good stuff and defend the bad stuff that that may or may not align with what you're looking for, or just to get them talking, because that really is the goal of this, this stage, right? You want to really know these people. You want to dig into their questions, really, truly understand who they are, what type of personality traits, what type of style will they bring, what type of experiences do they have that can relate to what you're doing. So really spend time on that and listen to what they're saying. Don't just be looking to get to the next interview question. Yeah. It, again, you know, talk a little less than you than you listen. Um, let let them do the talking. And again, I, I tend to talk a lot, so it's something I have to remember. But yeah, I mean, you're not selling them, right? You're not trying to. That's the other thing. When you go to a job interview in a, in corporate America or out in the world in whatever whatever career you had or or have right now. When you go to an interview, you very much feel like you're trying to sell yourself and that you're hoping that they choose you, right? But for some reason, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we we get that kind of turned around when we're bringing people on. We feel like we have to sell our company to them and, and hope that they'll choose us, right? You don't need to turn that around. They're still applying for a job. It doesn't mean that you have to be you know, condescending or have an attitude, but 
remember, they're applying for a job to work with you. So they need to sell themselves first. It's it's great for you to explain the benefits or the great things about working for your company, but don't don't throw don't try so hard to sell them that you forget that they need to really sell themselves. So let them talk, let them do that job. Yeah, and, and I know someone locally here that <laughs> Literally, what they will do is just ask a question. They won't say another word other than the question. And then deeper digging into the questions, they don't tell them, they don't smile, they don't smirk, they just stare at them and ask questions all day. But it makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it does probably get the true nature of what they're doing because all they're doing is listening. They're not giving any indicators or cues, which good salespeople should be able to pick up on and almost, you know, uh, <laughs> exploit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, Whatever your style is, just remember they're interviewing with you and and you have to lit like Mike said, don't just ask a question, you know, and then say, okay, and go on to the next one. Like listen to what they're saying and, and look at how they're why? saying it. Yeah. Ask why, why, why? Explain that more. Just keep going down, you know, the layers because you'd be surprised at how people they've got a canned answer, but then you ask them, Oh, okay, well, could you talk about that a little bit more? Or can you explain that in more detail or or why was that the situation? Because then they can't just have a scripted answer for you. They, they've got to actually go, oh, okay, now I've got to talk about the situation. Yeah. And, and ask them for examples, right? When they when they tell you they can do something or you ask them a question, they say, yeah, I'm a I'm definitely a, a self-starter. I'm I'm independent worker, whatever. Give a give me an example of of that. Tell me to explain to me why you're saying that. Tell me an example. So, you know, asking like Mike said, basically just getting them to get off script a little bit. Every, there's some people that are really good interviewers because they're used to interviewing. But if you can ask them a question and put them in a situation that they're not prepared for, you start seeing a little bit more of what you're going to see when they do work for you and they have to think on their feet or make good decisions. So that's important. So once you've done that round, essentially what you're going to be doing is getting down to two people or less. You want to identify the people that you'd be happy to hire. And the way Mike and I handle this next phase, so that first phase, I forgot to mention, Mike or myself currently, or ultimately whoever's in charge of that position or managing that position, interviews that solo. They do that first round themselves and they identify the people that they would be happy to hire should the next phase go well. So what we try to do is identify two people or less. And if nobody's a good person, don't send somebody just to send somebody, right? That could be one of the biggest wastes of time and costs for your company if you hire the wrong person and don't realize it and try to force them through. We've had some of those issues. They're, they're not great. They're costly and they end up not being good for you or your company. But identify the people that you feel are best and then move on to the next person or you are the person that it gets moved on to. But then they, the people that you identify, send them a Calendly link or send them to the person that's going to do that final round of interviews, and they can schedule it themselves or use the Calendly link themselves. So of the three to five that get to the first face-to-face -face interview, how many people should they be bringing to the, the neck, the second face-to-face -face interview? Two or less. If you can't pick two people or less, then, then either you haven't done a good enough job interviewing them and identifying who you really think are the rock stars within those groups. Because you, you want to pick the cream of the crop, right? You don't want to just send everybody because then the next person, that becomes their burden. And the first person is the one that's actually going to be hiring, managing, and training. So they've got to make the, the bigger decision on who gets to even get looked at. And then the basically the uh, position on the second interview is, is to confirm everything, to take a look at it from a different angle, ask questions again, but in a different way, in a different style and dig into different areas of them to really make sure that they jive. Okay. So if you're just, if you are a one man band and you're hiring, you can't interview them and then send them to the next person to interview. Um, but as you bring people on your team, and I'm just sort of, we haven't really talked about this, Mike, because we have you and I, right? We own the company. So you can interview somebody and then send them to me, or I can interview somebody and send them to you for the last round. If you're a one-man band, and let's say you bring someone on to handle, you know, whatever position, it might not be a bad idea 
in the second round to at least bring another set of eyes. I don't know. We don't have which is one person. but f- So if you're just a one-man band, maybe you don't need both rounds of interviews. Or if you do, you're basically just whittling them down so you can see them again. And we did that before, too. We used to go on all of our interviews together and we do two of them per person. So if it's just you, it might not be a bad idea to whittle them down to three to five, then do a last interview where it's just one or two people so you can take a look at them again. But as you grow your business and bring people on into key roles, maybe identify somebody who will be working with that person a lot, even if they're not going to be their manager, somebody who's going to have to interface them with, with them a ton, and just bring them on the interview to be another set of eyes to bring up maybe things that you don't see in that person. So it's a it's a building process. And if you're just one person, it might look a little bit different, but you can always bring a second set of eyes once you start growing. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. That's why we do this two different interviews kind of on their own. That way there's no bias created by one person or the other. Someone gets excited. The other one kind of feels that excitement and goes with it. Whereas if they were on their own, they might want to dig into something else. So we do try to do the separate ones, but ultimately at the end of the day, after that second interview, Mike and I get together and we discuss it. We, we talk about each person. The second interviewer kind of gives their feedback on who they liked, what they thought. The first person is supposed to not really give any feedback at all on the first round and who they like the most. They just send the people that they'd be happy with. And then we kind of just spitball off one another. Well, here's what I liked. Here's what I liked. You know, here's what's better. Here's how I think they can go. Here's their growth potential. Then we really start digging into who we feel is the best hire. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. So, um, as, as far as the hiring process, I, I don't want to get too deeply into the onboarding and what we do when we bring people on today. We can we can save that for another another discussion. But as far as the hiring process itself, the mechanics of it, is there anything else that we want to we want to tell them? Anything else you can think of? I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we choose somebody, obviously. Um, and, I, and I know we've had discussions about this too. Like I've emailed the person and said, "Hey, just want to let you know, we, we, you know, you you've been chosen. You know, blah blah blah. We're happy to have you on. And here's like the next step you you have called and like that option better um maybe talk a little bit about why why call them instead of emailing them so the reason i like to do it this way is i like to call them and i call the person i want to hire first because if they have some apprehensions or they say no or there's something questionable that comes up in that conversation i can say okay well it doesn't sound like it's the right fit and then i haven't burned that other bridge of the potential other candidate who probably was a good opportunity still and may still be a good hire. So I like to call them and get a feel for them. And then after I've agreed, I've identified a start date, I will send them an official email offer. And then after that, I'll call the other candidate and let them know that we decided not to go with them. And if we think they're a good fit for future potential, we'll let them know that unfortunately, you just got edged out this round. You're a great person. We think that you'd be a great hire, but we'd like to keep you in our Rolodex. So when we do expand or if new positions open or things change, We'd like to be able to reach out to you again. And would you mind doing that? Yeah. And that it sort of happened to us, right? We we had we brought some people on, interviewed them. We had a couple of good candidates. We chose one. And this is one where I did email the second one and said, hey, we went a different direction. We appreciate it. We really liked you. It was a tough decision. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, you you stink. We're not going to hire you. It was a really complimentary rejection email. But then we had somebody that we had hired recently who kind of flamed out a little bit, didn't work out for us. So we called back the person that we had sent the, you know, the basically the rejection email to, or I had sent the rejection email to and said, hey, we have this opportunity that just came up. And this all happened within like days, like it wasn't that long. So we basically said, thanks for interviewing. We chose somebody else. We think you're great. We'll keep you in mind. And then like 
days later, we reached out to him and said, hey, we have an opportunity. We think you would work. You would be really, really good for it. And and we brought him on. So it worked out in that in that instance. But like Mike said, maybe, you know, handle a little different. Call him first. Let's don't burn that second bridge. We didn't burn it, but, you know, I, I rejected him and then we hired him. So um, it was kind of like a roller coaster up and down. But we are bringing him on. Uh, I think he's going to work out great for what we hired him for. And, um, you know, you live and learn. You're going to make bad hires if you do this. And if you hire people and your business grows and you become successful, you will have bad hires. It's almost inevitable. I don't know many people who hire one person and that's just, you know, they're a rock star and they're great. So it will happen. Just realize that just, you know, the hiring process can be time consuming. It can be frustrating and you can make a lot of mistakes. The way we do it isn't the only way, but it's working for us and we're tweaking it as we go. So what Mike just laid out for you was the result of doing a not a great job up until this point. And, and we're kind of refining and learning and, and understanding what maybe makes sense and what doesn't based on experience. So definitely take the model that, that we just laid out for you, use it, modify it to what you think, you know, you will work for you and your company and where you are. But it definitely makes sense from a, from a, a macro sense to put out that that those those feelers or put out those you know go into like Indeed or ZipRecruiter whoever Craigslist wherever you're going put that out there and then have a funneling process where you whittle them down over the course of you know two or three or four uh, processes to get down to the right one or two people before you ultimately make a decision. If you interview everyone in person who sends a resume, you're you're gonna waste an awful lot of time. You'll know sometimes. 30 seconds into the conversation that you should not have talked to that person. You should not be interviewing them. So don't don't waste your time, right? This all you're hiring people because you're leveraging leveraging time. So don't waste a ton of time during the process of trying to leverage time, if that makes sense, right? Like your time is important. So I guess that's kind of the overarching theme here of this uh, podcast. Money is great to leverage. Time might be even more important. So uh, make good use of it. Follow a process. And I think you'll have a little bit more success. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Awesome, guys. Well, listen, thanks for uh, joining us here again. Hopefully, this was helpful to you. We will be back uh, to bring you more golden nuggets from our uh, growing business where Mike and I are, are uh, God, I always forget the, the term. We're uh, responsibly, aggressively aggressive. growing our business. Cautiously aggressive. Cautiously. Yeah. We're somehow we're aggressive and we try to make it sound like we're we're not being crazy. So uh, we're growing fast. We're bringing people on. We're learning things. We're building. We're having success. And we're trying to share that with you so you guys can sort of, uh, you know, use what works for you. Take it all. Take none of it or somewhere in between. And, and hopefully that works for you. So I appreciate you coming on, Mike. I know uh, we're both busy. Us Both of us doing this is a testament to the fact that we have processes and people that are running our business for us right now as we speak. Uh, but that being said, we're growing, so we're always busy, and I know uh, it's hard for sometimes for both of us to take time out and do this. So I appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, anything else? No, just happy to help out and happy to keep people educated. All right, cool, guys. We'll see you next time and talk to you later. All right, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I think you did. I know that I really enjoyed presenting it to you and I really enjoyed giving you this content and I hopefully it's something that you can take something from, right? That's the whole idea here. If you can take one concept, one idea, one strategy, one thing that you heard and apply it to your business to make it better, then I will consider what I've done here a success. Now to that end, I do wanna to talk to you for a moment. I've kind of alluded to it in this episode and, and past episodes. I can tell you this, guys. Uh, I used to be a little bit anti-coaching, a little bit anti-education. And part of it's because there's a lot of really kind of 
cheesy educators out there that really don't deliver any any real great uh, material or advice or direction. And maybe they haven't even been doing real estate in a number of years, right? They're just sort of like recycling techniques that they were been talking about for decades. I will tell you, I have completely changed my philosophy. It wasn't that I didn't think education was important, but I just thought, eh, I can I can do it without it. I don't need anybody's help. I can figure it out on my own. And I can tell you after about four or five years of struggling and trying to figure things out and just not being able to do that, once I decided to invest my time and my money in education, everything changed for me. And I'm telling you, everything changed for me. Uh, the business skyrocketed, right? They talk about the hockey stick effect, right? When you're looking at a graph and it's like it goes up like a hockey stick, that's exactly what my business did. And it made me understand fully and finally that what I was lacking in my business is education. And guys, I really want to be there for you when it comes to education. Hopefully, this podcast is delivering some good education to you. Uh, but sometimes you need a little bit more. Sometimes you need a little bit more direct you know, coaching and someone to kind of come in and look at your business specifically and not give you generalities or just kind of general concepts, which let's be let's face it, free information has to be sort of general because we're not working one on one. Right. So this podcast, I can't give everybody listening specific guidance on their business on the podcast because it just wouldn't apply to everyone necessarily. Right. So what I would like to propose and what I'd like to make available is coaching one-on-one coaching for you, right? That may take on various forms and, and you may be in different places, right? So the best thing that I can do for you is allow you to schedule time with me to talk about your business, just a free consultation, right? 15, 20 minutes maybe. Talk about your business and find out if there's some way or some thing that's missing in terms of maybe coaching or maybe it's just a little concept or some little thing that you can tweak but oftentimes coaching and, and higher education is the way to go. And I know it was for me and I resisted it for years because I just didn't, I was honestly, I was being cheap and I, and I was kind of thinking I could just do it on my own. I realized I couldn't, I got the help that I needed and wow, I'm telling you the difference is, is phenomenal. I mean, hockey stick effect times times 10. So. What I'd like to do, if you go to my website and and click on the left-hand side there, there's a banner that says, talk to me about coaching. And there's no obligation, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, force you into anything, but I'd like to have a chance to talk to you one-on-one and see if education makes sense for you. And if there's something I can do to help you or some good fit that we can, that we can come up with, I'd like to do that, guys, because I really want to see you succeed. The podcast is awesome, and I think it gives you some little tips and things that you can take away. But if you really want to take your business to the next level and you don't want to wait years and years and years and do trial and error and make your mistakes and all that, if you want to bypass a lot of that and really turbocharge things, go to my website, click on that banner that says talk to me about education, and uh, I'll hop on the phone with you for a few minutes and we'll talk about it and see if anything makes sense, guys. So. For now, that's it for for this episode, but go out there and really take life by the horns and just just take your business on and, and just kill it in 2017, guys. Okay, until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start. 